Welcome to The Lorraine Murphy Show. If you're anything like me, you want a successful, abundant business, epic energy, a growth mindset, vibrant health, and beautiful relationships. And this podcast sets out to help us achieve all of that together. I've been in the entrepreneurship arena for almost a decade now and have mentored hundreds of other business owners. So I know what goes on behind the scenes and what it takes to succeed. This podcast shares the tips, tricks, learnings, and lessons I lean on in order to blend the different facets of my life as an entrepreneur, author, wife, and mama to two gorgeous little humans. Let's jump in to today's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Lorraine Murphy Show. I am very excited to have you joining me. I'm actually taking a bit of a break from the podcast for the next few weeks as I settle in this awesome Bold Darling group together and also to really stockpile some brilliant new interviews and an episode, solo episodes for you from May onwards. So I'll be back live on the show, well, as live as you can be on a podcast (laughs) around mid-May. But what I have done to keep you company for the next few weeks is I am sharing by very kind permission of some of my brilliant buddies, sharing the episodes that I have appeared on their shows for the next few weeks. Lorraine, this is so funny. I feel like, you know, I'm now turning the tables on you and being on the other side of the microphone, interviewing you for my podcast after being on yours three times. I was trying to figure it out. I reckon it's three at least. Yeah, Yeah. it was. It was three times. So it's so good to get you on here to talk about uh, this incredible book of yours, which I feel like I've been part of well, I, yeah. <laughs> making it all about me, but I feel like I've been there since preconception yeah. because I remember sitting in that meeting room in the city, you, me and AJ, and you, I think you just come back from Bali and you were like, I'm going to do this program and, and, and we're, you know, we're trying to come up with the name and all of that. And, and it yeah. was what became step into you. Yeah. And I came back from Bali with my big A3 sketch pad under my right. arm. And yep. I remember you both sitting on the sofa going, oh shit, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was, you know, we, I just, that it was that collective. Yes, yes, yes. This is what mm. you should be doing. It got really right, didn't it? It was hundred yeah. percent. And I, you know, it was the, it was the work that you, that you were meant to be doing. So how does it feel now that that conversation, which was, over two years ago now. Yeah, it was two Uh, years, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that has now, it's now turned into a book. How does it feel? It just feels really right. You know, it's almost like when Wilder, so we've got a little boy, Wilder, who joined us five months ago as we were recording this. Mm. And it just feels really right that he's here. You know, it doesn't Mm. feel... uh, Like he's always been... Strange or jarring. It's like, oh, he's Mm. he's just part of the family. And I feel like this book is just part of it's part of my family. And I feel like I was, I was messaging Jack DeLosa on it because I've mentioned him in the book. And I was like, is this okay for me to say about you and your business? And, and I said to him, he said, are you excited? And I said, I feel like it's my soul book. Like Mm -hmm. this is the first three books I I love, particularly get remarkably organized because so many people have told me that's their, their Bible and their words. But I feel like step into you is like, it's the soul book. It's, it's my soul from the last three years packaged up in a book. Yeah. Yeah. And just perfectly timed, I think, in terms yes. of publication as well. You know, with the new year, you know, a lot of people feel like they're, you know, out with the old, in with the new, ready mm. to make a lot of changes in their lives. So I guess, you know, what what would you see as that the biggest hurdle for women 
in terms of what they need to overcome to, to fully step into themselves and make those lasting changes rather than it just be, you know, another New Year's resolution or and, yeah, and then yeah. we get to the end of the year and go, I didn't do any of that. Mm, such a good question. I think, and I think the benefit for me of writing this book is that it's pretty much built off all of the one-on-one mentoring that I've done, whether it's masterminds or retreats or it's it's my one-on-one kind of mentees over a few months. So I feel really, and I think you're in a very similar position in your business as well, that I get to hear firsthand the biggest problems that women have. And <laughs> I wrote in the acknowledgements, I was like, to my community, surprise, you know, this book was created by you. And, and there's a reason I've dedicated the book to every woman who's opened up her life to me because I get to see the problems firsthand. And I would say the biggest problem would be that sense of overwhelm. Like I'm already at capacity. I don't have, whether it's the time, the money, just the mental bandwidth to go and do what it is I want to do. And, and, and I think that becomes a very easy way to talk ourselves out of creating changes in our life. And that, when I say changes, it doesn't mean necessarily mean need to be quitting the corporate career to go out and start your side hustle or um, you know, leaving a relationship. It's just even the small incremental things like putting in place a morning routine can feel really out of reach when you're already in that overwhelm mode. And I know you and I have talked about this as well. Like you, you see that so much in your, your clients in your community as well, that sense of mm. overwhelm and like, mm. you know, life's hard enough already. How can I, how can I create any space for anything else in it? Yeah, and I and I think that you know talking as we're recording this right now, mm. it's the end of the year, and you know everyone is limping to the finish line. Yes, they're they're they absolutely are. wrecked. They're you know they're so so depleted, and um, you know I'm, I have a lot of conversations with women about this, and you know it's like it's the other pandemic, and like how much worse can it get? How much more? strung out can we be it's like and usually it's at this point in time where it's like okay enough's enough I need to make change um and something that you talk about a lot um is energy management Mm. and I know that that's a huge focus of your work right now and something that you cover in the book um can you can you talk to that a bit because I just think it's it's vital and it always surprises me how few women even consider this. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like that. They're, they're it's slapping, like not even in their lexicon. No, no, like and they're just yeah. kind of slapping band aids all over things. But mm-hmm. it's it's like that. It's that the, that fundamental. Like you know, if you don't take care of you, who's going to? But I, I would love to hear yeah, yeah. What, what you have to say about that. Well, I think the other the other block that people experience. So there's the overwhelm, right? But the Mm. part of that overwhelm is I just don't have any time. And I feel like our focus is completely on the wrong, the wrong side of the coin. We're so focused and there's not enough time. I need more time. And, and the thing is time is at such a premium, particularly, I mean, if I'm talking about my, my life stage right now, we've got a four-year-old and a a very small baby Mm. and, and also running my business in two and a half days a week right now and getting a book ready to, to get out into the world. But you know, there's, I don't think there's any easy lifestyle where there's loads of time. And and the thing is, we we finally find the time and then we don't really know what to do <laughs> with the time mm-hmm. that we have. So I think that the focus is all wrong. I think we're when we're focusing on trying to get more time, unlock more time, it's 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 really challenging to do that. But I do think what we can all do is focus on getting more energy because the fact is, if you've got four hours to get something done on a Wednesday morning, you're going to get that done in a, a fraction of the time if you're energized, like if you're rested, if you're on purpose, you know what you're doing, you, you don't feel overwhelmed, you feel like you've got the space to create or, or do or make whatever you, you want to make happen, happen. And 
as opposed to when you've got four hours and you're absolutely exhausted. And like you said, you're, you're limping <laughs> mm. into sit down and, and, and get started on whatever that task is for four hours. Mm. So I feel like the energy management piece is the piece, as you said, that a lot of women just aren't even focusing on. And it's become more and more the work that I do. So most of, of my community is, is female entrepreneurs or business owners. And most of them with the work that I've been doing, it's been focused on the energy management side of things over mm-hmm. the last couple of years. So in it, the way I've structured the book, it's almost as if you came into a, a one-on-one program with me and I step you through the process and, and step one is getting out of overwhelm and step two is is optimizing your energy. So it, it starts and ends with our energy. If we haven't got the energy to, it's almost like if you haven't got the energy to read the book, as in if you, yes. you, you get stalled, <laughs> yes. you, what, what hope have we got to, to get make any changes? Everything, it's just like a car, it's, it's fueled by energy. So mm-hmm. I think it's a really, really big focus. And as I said, I, I feel like for a lot of us, it's more achievable for us to create an energy management plan than, yep. than a a productivity plan or a, a, a time yeah. management plan. Mm. I think it's, it's a lot more, yeah, achievable. And I stepped through in the book that the ways that we can we can start to do that. And, and a lot of it just starts with self awareness, like being yes. aware of okay, what what zaps us and mm. and what energizes us. And and speaking really bluntly right now, we're, we're recording this. I had a weekend where my my in laws were in town for the entire weekend, and I did not op, I didn't manage my energy properly over the weekend. I thought I was like I got out for a couple of walks, but I didn't sit on my own sofa for two whole days. You know because it was busy. I was cooking and there was things going on with, with the kids and, and, and with, with hosting and so on. So, I, and I'm, I, I felt depleted yesterday. I had a day where I really needed to invest back into the energy bank. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's a really key focus. And I think it's something that a lot of women do, do forget about. They do. And it's what they also don't do, which is what you did yesterday. It's like just got acknowledging, okay, I am depleted. And instead of push, 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 pushing, keep going, keep going, keep going, it's just stepping back and taking that time mm. to, to, to know, even just to be in touch with yes. what it is that they can do to recharge, you know, refill the tank, recharge the batteries. You know, um, I think a lot of women sadly have just lost that connection with yeah. what that even is. So yeah. um so in exactly the book you, you talk about what they you know how they can give themselves that kind of yeah the yeah. recharge I guess that they that they so desperately need and yeah um, and, and a couple of insights just the kind of the headlines mm-hmm. on that. I mean the first thing is to understand first of all are you an introvert or an extrovert? Mm-hmm. So that's a really key one. Like I'm a raging introvert. I love this time with you. I've had another podcast interview this morning and I'm having like it's it's so fun, but if I have a weekend where there's people in our house all weekend, you know, from nine a.m. until nine p.m., that is exhausting. Like I know this about myself. <laughs> yeah, know thyself. Right, right. Re- yes. Read your own book. Yeah, yes. you know, but that's a really key one. And another mm. thing that I have found to be absolutely life changing for me, and also with my my community that I've worked through this process with, is knowing whether or not we're in our masculine or our feminine energy. So much of business particularly, and I know this is a huge amount of your, your listeners will have their own businesses. It's driven by that masculine push, 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 go, 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 go. And when we have kids as well, that's like hyper-masculine energy because God knows they always need something. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're always on for them as well. So it's about, first of all, tuning into, okay, on, I stepped through this in the book is when am I in my masculine energy and when am I in my feminine energy? And when I do find I'm in that masculine energy too much, what are the simple steps that I can use to transition over into my feminine energy? Because as women, we need that feminine energy to, to recharge. That, that's how we get depleted. And 
I see this in my community and I'm with my mentees, and I'm sure you see this as well. You and I've talked about it, just the the instance of autoimmune diseases, thyroid problems, burnout, like serious health issues like strokes. Like this is it's sad, but it's fucking normal for mm. for my community, you know? know, and that's not okay. It's not. So that's the the I think the short-term pain of being zapped of energy and, and feeling like our energy bank account is running really low is that we're not, we don't have the energy to do what we want to do. Yeah. And we're snappy and short term period and, and not present with those around us. But I think the longer term implications of that is that the long-term health issues. And yeah. I, I actually think it's a small miracle that I haven't experienced burnout or extreme health issues like that because I've pushed myself really hard over the years. But I think it's like you said, it's knowing, okay, no, I'm, I'm now at this I'm at the line now that yeah. if I tip over this line, then chances are things are going to get pretty ugly. And it's thankfully I've known how to pull myself back. So I think that's, that's almost like the, like the long-term symptom. I think of this, this energy management deficit is that, yeah. Yeah, women are pushing themselves way too hard. You see it with your clients. I do. Absolutely. You saw it with me. <laughs> I do. And that's what I was going to say. Like, you know, you say, oh, I haven't, you know, gone to the to the brink. But, you know, uh, and we, you know, I know you've talked about this openly mm-hmm. and, we, you know, that some of the things that have, have happened to you and what the, the those experiences, you know, you, you have been right there on the, on, mm. on the edge and, um. And this is even someone who is, you know, who I consider to be incredibly self-aware, like you, mm. you know, and you do the work and you do, I think you're very um, protective, you're very, you've got great boundaries and and all the, you know, it's like if you go through the checklist of yeah. like, tick, 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 oh, tick, 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 <laughs> you know, that's you, but yeah. even, even yeah. you, like it's still so, and and I'm seeing, you know, with a lot of the women that I'm working with, um, you know, hospitalization illnesses, oh, you know, yeah. being treated for all sorts of things. And um and that they, they are, they're just at the end, they're just like, okay, enough's enough. Like things yeah. have got to change. And, and you know, yeah. they're, um they're they're working through. But but we do fall off the wagon. We all do. Mm. I think it's you know no no one's perfect, but it's knowing what to do to bring yourself yeah. back and those techniques that you share as to, you know, yeah, how to step step in, into mm. you. Um, and, you know, sort of shifting, I guess, more away from the energy and, and focusing on something else that you talk about in the book, which is purpose. Mm. And I know because, you know, we've had this these conversations that you often get asked, like, you know, why can't I find my purpose? What's my purpose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's something that people really freak out about because, you know, it it's is. like, you know, hear people say, know your why, know your purpose, all that kind of thing. And, and it's almost like if you can't tap into that, that adds to the overwhelm. It's like, oh, well, mm-hmm. God, I'm a complete failure because I don't have a purpose. Um, so what do you, like, you know, why do you think women struggle with this, first of all? And what do you, what would you say to women who are feeling a little bit lost in terms mm. of their their calling, their purpose? Yeah. I feel like you read, I mean, you haven't. I feel like you read that chapter because I opened the chapter, the whole chapter on purpose in the book. Mm. And I opened the chapter on the statements that I hear from women. Like, I don't have a purposeful life. And and I share in the book as well, a quote that Elizabeth Liz Gilbert shared uh, when I saw her speak. It was actually the bear. I feel like that was the last normal event before we tipped yeah, into COVID. Yeah. It was a business chicks event. Really and she ago. said that women use purpose as an assault weapon to hurt themselves. 
Oh, and and it's exactly what you said. You know, it's that, yeah. that 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 sense of like I should have a purpose. Like, what's wrong with me? I, you know, I've got all my my best mate has a great purpose, and she seems to be living purposely. So the first thing that I would say is is just to can the farm yes. <laughs> the whole situation, yeah. mm-hmm. because I think when we're so obsessed, that's the only word that I can think of. When we're so obsessed with trying to find our purpose, it actually it distracts us from being able to find the purpose. It almost pulls us pulls us further and further away. So. I think the other thing as well that I, I want to touch on here, and I, as I said, there's a whole chapter in the book on this, but the whole idea of, I feel like purpose has become like a catch-all phrase for everything in the whole personal development yep. space. And and what I actually talked through is that purpose is not your vision. Purpose is not your values. Purpose is not your mission. You know, that's, it's really clear, important, I think, to be really clear as to what, what it is, and but also what it isn't. So the way I would describe purpose is it's, it's the North Star in our lives. It's the thing that gets us up in the morning and keeps us going day to day. So for me, as, a, as an example, my purpose is to help women rise even higher in their lives. And that's something I've, I've lived for pretty much since I started my first business. Uh, what was it? Nine years ago now, nine and a half years ago. So that, that to me is my purpose. So that, that catches my books. It catches my podcast, but it also catches my parenting. You know, I want to model to Lexi, our daughter, who's four. I want to model to her an example of a woman rising even higher in her life. And, and also, of course, to, to Wilder as well, our, our little boy. And so I think that's a really, really important thing to remember is that it's, it's not the vision. It's, it's almost like that North Star, like that guiding light that, that carries us through day to day. But the other thing I think we need to remember as well is that purpose doesn't have to be something that puts money in our bank account at the end of every month. I think a lot of us get caught up in the idea that it has to be my, my job has to be my purpose. And, and I've shared this with a few different retreat attendees over the years, that whole idea of that your purpose can be something totally separate to, to what you do day to day. And as an example, I had a lady come to one of my retreats last year. And I say one of my retreats last year. It was the only (laughs) retreat I got to do last year, just to be clear. Actually, sorry, it was was this year as we're recording it. Mm. And she had three, three different businesses. So she started two and she was just about to start a third with her partner. And when we went through a whole exercise in finding your purpose, which is something that I've, I've stepped through those questions in the book as well. She said, oh, my purpose isn't these businesses and, and making money or one of her, her businesses was in fitness, you know, to help people live healthier lives. She said, my purpose is actually family. Like that's, that's my why. That's, that's the North Star for me. Yeah. And I thought that was such a powerful example of it doesn't have to be tied up in our businesses and the money um, as well. Mm. So summary, I think first of all is to be, first of all, take the pressure off yourself on the purpose piece, because the more pressure we put on ourselves, the less likely it is we're actually going to stumble across this purpose. Yeah. Second thing as well is just be very mindful of separating out what's what's vision and what's, you know, goals and what's what's passions and what's values versus what's what's purpose. They're, they are actually quite different things. And mm-hmm. I've, I've explained what each of those are. And just, you know, lots of amazing people have created content around that as well. And and I think the third thing then as well is to take the pressure off yourself. It doesn't have to be something that that pays you money. And of course, it can shift and change. Like it just so happens that mine has stayed pretty evergreen over the last few years. Mm. But I'm not for a second saying that I might wake up in, you know, first of February next year and go, actually, no, this is what my purpose is. Yeah. So I think it's just being kind to yourself, self-compassion, and also giving yourself that flexibility on it as well. Yeah. Would you agree? Like what would you say for your purpose? Oh my God. Yes, definitely. So my purpose, well, I'm, you know, my, I guess at my core is, role modeling so to be the example that's me like so yeah. be the example to my girls first and foremost like that's yeah. definitely you know and and 
show them what is possible and create, you know, this amazing life for us. And yeah. and then but also through my work um, and, you know, through my friendships and everything really, like that's mm. just, that's, um, yeah, that's, yeah, being the example, being that yeah. role model. I can so see that in you. And I feel the reason I can see it is that you show up so consistently as the same Michelle in all the different facets of your life. You yeah. know, there's some people when you see them being a mom, you're like, oh, that's so weird. I've never seen you be a mom, you know, but I feel like I can visualize what you would be with your yeah. friends, but also like you, you show up consistently. And maybe that's another element of what purpose is, is it gives us that consistency. Yeah. It's in our yeah. lives. Yeah. You, it's your truth. It's the essence, the essence yeah. of you. Absolutely. So um and yeah and I love that the self-compassion like don't mm. freak out if if you yeah if you can't just answer that question off the yeah. cuff um so besides reading your entire book yeah. <laughs> um, what would your top piece of advice be for women who are wanting to step into themselves in 2022 create more spaciousness spaciousness in their lives I think it's very very hard I call it the soul whispers yeah those little soul whispers that drop in and you know, say, hey, Lorraine, why don't you think about this? Or maybe this is what your purpose is. And and I feel so many of us are living life with back-to-back calendars. You know, <laughs> it, honestly, Michelle, it blows my mind. I've got, you you, you work in my mastermind with me. Mm, yeah. And I've got, so there's women in that mastermind who are, and they would not mind me saying this, you know, incredibly smart women who make brilliant money. And it's just the simple things like they, 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 when I work with them on the energy management side of things and I work together, that they've got their calendar block booked, that they they don't even have time to pee between meetings. You know, that's not good for your energy management. So I think it's giving yourself permission to create some more spaciousness, whether that's going for a walk, and that's going to look different for everyone. It might yep. be making sure that you've got 45 minutes to go for a walk just by yourself with no content to consume in mm-hmm. that time. And it may be the, yeah, just creating more space in, in your calendar, it might be, I was just talking to Tracy Harris from Moms with Hustle and she had a great tip that on, on Thursdays, that's her thinking day where she creates space for her to do some thinking and she's got a list of prompts that she'll work through to, to ask herself some really, really quality questions. So I think that will be the first thing to create the spaciousness because once the space is there, mm. the soul whispers can drop in. You'll yeah. feel less over-calibrated is how I like to describe it. Like there's just too much on. Yeah, that, that sense of over-calibration drops. Mm. And and also then you've got some spaciousness if you have the ideas or the things that you want to implement that you can start to, to implement you can them now. Do them. Yep. And I think the thing with that, right, is that I'm not saying you need to have three days of thinking every Ooh. single week. Like it's not going to be realistic, but mm. well, maybe it is for some people. And I'm jealous. Whoever those people are. Just <laughs> Who are saying. these people? <laughs> yeah, tell me. <laughs> tell me about your life. It sounds amazing. Mm. Um, but, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be three full days, but it's everyone can create 15 minutes between their, their Zoom meetings, for example, just creating that bit more spaciousness for yourself and not feeling that, you know, that reactive rushing loop. Yes. Because one of the mm. things that zaps your energy more than anything else, I believe, is, is mm. rushing. You know, that... Yeah. <gasps> I'm against the clock. That's mm. so exhausting. It is. And it leaves no room for life to get in the way mm-hmm. as well. And yeah. life does happen. Yeah. And I think this is this is where um unfortunately some women, you know, set themselves up for failure is that they they're they're overly ambitious in terms of what can be done in a day. Um, and therefore, like when just the teensiest thing gets in the way, something goes wrong and it just sets everything like yeah. haywire. Shit and hits the fan big then, time. Yeah, yeah. And then there's no space to kind of, you know, recover and um and it just, yeah, 
can set the tone for the day, the week, the month, whatever it is. And and also that frustration builds up as well because mm. it's like, I've got no time. I've got no time. Yeah, no yeah. time for myself. And then you tell yourself that so much that you That's create right. even less time. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And, well, I can't do that because I don't have time. It's like, mm-hmm. um, so, yes, I love that, the spaciousness, the white space in mm-hmm. our lives. So, yes. Key. Absolutely um, key. So tell me, because um, I think that, you know, that a lot of people that are listening to this, have got a book in them. I hear yes. from people um, that, uh, you know, that they're thinking about writing a book one day um, and you have written a number of books now. Yes. Um, <laughs> at, at various at various life stages too. Yeah, you, so you know, true. Yeah, like, yeah well, you know, remarkability yeah. was pre, pre-babies. Yeah, pre-babies. Get then, remarkably yeah. organised as well, Lexi. You, I was very pregnant or else yeah. Lexi was tiny. Baby, you're remarkable is when Lexi was two. I yeah. wrote that one. Uh, and also navigating yeah. two miscarriages. Which yes, is that's right. That was that right. was particularly um, challenging. And then, and then step one. into you with... <laughs> Um, what, what, well, most of it was written you were before pregnant. Wilder was At born. The end was, of pregnancy, very. Yeah. And then the last pregnancy. kind of 30% of the book was written while Wilder was tiny. New baby. So, so what, what, what advice would you give to someone who is contemplating writing a book? I would say start writing it. And, you know, this is advice that my very clever husband gave to me when I had, it's funny because I, I've got my mic propped up on my books and remarkability is the very top, um, <laughs> oh, sorry, I've got, yeah, so I can just see it. I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, live stage. So I think what remarkability, I had this idea for the book. I'd mapped out the chapters. My whole idea was um, tales from the front line of starting a business. That's how I wanted it to be. Uh-huh. And I wanted to write the book. And I think this is actually a really good point as well for your listeners is you know, so many people write business books when they're 10, 15 years down the line, you know, when they've, they've made it inverted commas and they're ready to pass on the lessons or, you know, they sold their business and they've got time to write a book. Yeah. And what I really, really wanted with Remarkability, the first one was I wanted to create a book that everything was still fresh, like, you know, the crushing pains and yes. the, the excitement was still really fresh mm. and From the lessons the were still fresh. From, yeah. From because if I wrote that book now, yeah. nine years after what, sorry, 11 years after starting my business, it would be a very different book. So I wanted to write it when everything was fresh. Mm-hmm. So I said, I I'd approached a publisher about it and, and I had sent my proposal, but they, they hadn't come back to me. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get a book deal. Like, I don't know what's going on here. And I said to Wade, look, I really want this book deal because I just want to start writing it. Like it, the book was there. Like it was in me ready to, to come, come out, out essentially. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, well, just write it anyway. And I said, well, I don't want to waste my time. Like I don't want to write a book if, I'm not going to get a book deal because that's just dead time. And he's like, well, you'll use that content anyway. Like you'll make blog, this is back when blog posts were the thing. You'll make blog posts out of it, or you might write like some self-published eBooks about it or something like that. So I was like, okay, fine. You're right. So I'd written three chapters already. And then I set myself a goal of my birthday was in seven weeks time. So I set myself a goal that I was going to have the book written by the 1st of November, which is my birthday. And then I sat there and I said, okay. And again, you know, back to the spaciousness piece. If I had just said, okay, I'll just get in 20, 30 minutes when I can, uh, the book wouldn't be written. So instead, what I did is I said, okay, I'm going to take one day away from my business in order to write this book. And I'm going to w- take one day away from my personal life to write this book. So I booked Monday and Saturdays for writing for seven weeks. And I just sat there and I just wrote my heart out on those two days. I actually used to go to the office on Saturdays when no one was there to to write the book because I felt mm-hmm. like that Minim, you know, minimize distractions yes, at home. Yes, just sitting in a cafe or whatever. And, and yeah, I just got in flow yeah, and wrote. Yeah, yeah. And on Mondays, I stayed home because obviously I didn't want to see my team on Mondays. <laughs> so I'd write till like three or four in the afternoon and I, I would write about 4,000 words per day. And 
the book got written by the 1st of November and then, but I didn't get the book deal until probably February. So that would be my advice. You know, there's a whole conversation to be had around self-publishing versus traditional publishing Mm -hmm. and, and, all, you know, it's, yep. it's a big conversation. Yeah. But I think the key thing is just to get it out. And mm. um, you've read Big Magic, haven't you? Yes, I have. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Liz Gilbert in Big Magic talks. It's such. It's the most powerful story that she shares in that book. And she talks about the <clears throat> experience she had where she had written Eat, Pray, Love, and she had another book in mind. And <laughs> I could hear a blender in my background. I was like, oh, I wonder if she God. heard that. And no, you've got a dog, so we're we're both port- in it together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I was, re- so I was reading the book, and she was saying that she she had April love done, and then she had this fiction book in mind, which was all about. And there was this random storyline around this woman who is like mid, you know, midwestern in the U.S. Uh, she was middle aged, and she fell in love with her boss, and she wanted to go to South America. Oh, sorry, the, the the boss had investments in South America. His son went to South America to go and like check the investment or something. And he went missing. So then Liz Gilbert's heroine, this middle-aged Midwestern woman from the States, went to South America to go and like try track down the sun. It was the most random ass plot ever. Okay. So Liz had this idea. She was doing months and months of research on this country and all of the things. And then I don't know if you remember then her, the guy that she had met, Felipe, I think he is in the, in the book, yeah. was being kicked out of the US. So he couldn't get his visa. So she had to leave. They had to leave the U.S. quite quickly to to move overseas while they tried to figure out this visa issue. Mm. So they're out of the U.S. for a year. And she didn't touch the book because her mind was just occupied with With that whole situation. And in the end, they decided to get married because that was the best way for him to get his his, his green card in the U.S. And she had sworn that she wouldn't get married again after her very messy divorce that prompted Eat, Pray, Love. And then she went on this whole other tangent of, okay, researching the whole institution of marriage. And did she really want to get married? And and she wrote another book called Committed at that time. So Mm -hmm. the novel got pushed aside and she wrote this book Committed, which is an awesome book. And I really, really liked it. So then they get back to the US, they move back into their house. They're like, okay. And she gets out all these boxes of research. And she said the idea was just gone. Gone. It was like, it was just, there was nothing there. She Mm. couldn't access the energy almost of the book anymore. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So a few months later, she catches up with her friend, Anne Patchett, who's the author. I don't know if you've read the book, The Dutch House. Oh, I haven't read it, but I know who the author is. Yeah. She didn't love the book, but she's a great writer. Yeah. And she catches up with Anne Patchett and they meet, because they're like pen pals, they write each other letters. I do remember this story. Do you remember the story? Yes, I do. So then they meet up, they're both speaking at like this book convention thing that authors must do. Mm -hmm. I haven't, haven't experienced one yet. And they're at the convention and they go out for coffee and and Liz is like, so Anne, tell me like what's going on in your life. And she's like, I'm writing this book. It's about this woman. She's, you know, she's middle-aged. She's from Pacific Midwest. And I, she goes after, it was slightly different. I think Liz's character was like building over there. Whereas I think Anne Patch's character had a pharma, like pharmaceuticals. And he'd found this like rare ingredient in South America. And then his son had gone. It was fucking weird. And Liz just sat back and went, you've got my idea. And yeah. not in a negative or a bitchy way. She just said, like, I didn't do anything about it. So the idea left me and joined you instead. And she created mm. this book. And I can't yeah. remember the name of the book. I went. I remember. Shit. Yes, I so remember. I've got full body goosebumps, goosebumps yeah. even as I'm recounting the story, because that's mm. why it's important that we act on our ideas. And if there's yeah. something, if, for example, if, you know, with this, this book question that you've had, and it applies to so much, but with the book mm, question. Yes, yes. You know, if there's a book that you're waking up and you're thinking about every single day, like you need to create space to make that happen. Because yeah. if we don't act on it, the idea will leave and, and go somewhere else. Mm, so yeah. I think that's the thing is just, just get it at, get it written. Yes. And you can always figure out about the dissemination and the book mm, deals and all of yeah. that. But I think a lot of us, like I was doing, use the fact that I didn't have a book deal in place as an excuse yeah. not to 
not to, as an excuse not to write it and apply yeah. myself to it. Yes, it's like just get the words onto the page yeah. and where they end up will is to be determined. So yeah. And, and I'm just great. coming, to, yeah, what's popping into my head as we're talking as well as mm. the whole quote that fortune favors the brave. Yes. So when we actually take a step and start writing, it's amazing mm-hmm. what wheels of motion can be put in place to actually help you get it out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That was a very long answer to no, your question. But it's great. I love and I love story. That. I tell yeah, it as, so much. When you started telling the story, I was like, I don't remember this. And then I was like, oh my God, yes. And I know what's about to happen. Yeah. So, it's um, such a cool yeah, story. It, it I love it. Great. It's a great story. And you know what I love about it as well? It reminds us of the spiritual nature of ideas. Yes. Yes. You know, they, they drop in, they're soul mm-hmm. whispers that drop in, and mm-hmm. they don't drop in for everyone. You know, yeah. an idea that lights yeah. you up wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily light me up and vice versa. Like, we're, we have to see ourselves yeah. as vessels for these ideas and for our Absolutely. creativity. And it's almost our duty to get them out into the world. Yeah. And coming back to what you said about having that spaciousness for to, to actually hear the whispers when they come. Mm, because yeah. if we're so jammed with everything else and there's no spaciousness in our lives at all, then those brilliant ideas can come in and disappear because they're, you know, squished yeah. with all the other stuff. So Exactly that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Now, something else that I was actually wondering, and I've not asked you this before, and I'm imagining that some of our listeners might wonder too, because um, a lot of people, you know, they they think, should I create a a course or should I write the book or should I write the book first and then create the course from that? So just for context, with Get Remarkably Organised, you wrote the book first and yeah. then created a really great, well, you created workshops and then. Uh, yeah, it like, became a whole new platform it, for my business, did, didn't it? Yeah, because yeah, there, created- there was corporate workshops, yeah. there was online programs. Um, God, what else was there? There was something else as part of Get Remarkably Organised. Well, they were the two main things. Like, yeah. It became very much you a You also platform. did a, like the collab with with Swish as well. Yes, um, yeah. As, 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 so so it was, there was quite a few things that, that came off the back of that book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then this time round, obviously, you, you had the program first, mm-hmm. and and the workshops that you, that you that you were doing, which obviously are feeding into content. Yeah, before. yeah. Um, which do you think is easier, the do, doing the program first or writing the book first? Or and mm. and I know you you know we've just talked about just just do it, like just start writing. But from a from I guess from a business perspective, mm. what has been the 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 easier experience? That is such a great question. And I haven't I, I haven't thought about it. Mm-hmm. I, I think the first thing I need to say is that that wasn't necessarily intentional that that's the okay. way things evolved. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just so happened that with remarkability, one of the early chapters was about it was called get fucking or get yeah. get seriously fucking organized, and then yeah. there was so much uptake on that particular chapter that it it then evolved into okay, well that's going to be book two, yeah. And then so many people said I want to go deeper, which is when the get remarkably mm. organized program was born from there. Yeah. Whereas with this one, yeah, it's like 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 we said that the, the program was born, and then we had so much feedback from that that it became mm. okay. Well, this this needs to be a book. Mm. So I don't think. <laughs> I wish I could say there was like intentionality on both sides. <laughs> okay. It, it wasn't necessarily a strategic move. I mean, if we think about just the barriers to entry to getting something done, I feel yeah. like it's a lot quicker and easier to get a program out there than it is to get a book out there. Yeah. Um, 
not necessarily in terms of expense. I mean, mm. I'm, I've gone the traditional publishing route for the fourth time. Yeah. And if you're, if I was self-publishing, I mean, you're probably talking about 20K in mm. order to self-publish a book. So yeah, the, yeah, I feel like if I was to kind of sit here and go like, what's the the, the easiest or the right way to do it, um, yeah. inverted commas, yeah. I would probably say do the program first because yeah. I feel like it's, yeah, you can get it. I mean, I could go and create a program in a week if I, if I needed to, if I just needed to cordon you know yes. block myself away for five days and create a program mm. I, could, I could make that happen yeah. um, and I would imagine most people could in your community as well you know people who've got a, a topic that they yeah. speak to could do that as well yeah so I feel like in a week's time you could have the content for your course potentially have it filmed or recorded or, you know, whether you want to do audio or video whatever you want to do and, yeah. and then there's the community then but at the end of the day I mean Denise Duffel Thomas is so so honest about this she had mm. one person sign up to do her very first program like we don't need dozens and dozens of people right. hundreds and hundreds of thousands and thousands of people to sign up to do something yeah and I think the great thing then about that is that we get the feedback live like yes. we can listen um yeah we can get the feedback so that's, that's right. a really really great way to go mm. and then the feedback so when when people read the book they'll see like there's so many stories from my community in there to, to bring the ideas to life, to life. yeah I am very honest about this like I did a, a tour earlier on this year speaking mm. to her I somehow managed to get to five different states <laughs> Look back, although that was like a miracle given the lockdown experience that we're all experiencing right now, or that we're out now in Sydney, but yeah, who who knows where we're going next year again. So I think that that was really helpful because I would get up there and say, look, I'm writing this book and I want to know like what what's what are the, the real nuggets that I need to make sure are in the book. So at the end of every one of those tour events, I and you were at Adelaide with me, mm. I said, What's been your biggest takeout tonight? And it was to make sure that any of those biggest, the things that came up recurring needed to go into the book. So yeah. I think that's a really good way of just getting that real time input from, yes. from people as well. And and your case studies, you know, yeah. there's so many case studies in my new, in, in the step into you book, because I've, yeah. I've been through this methodology with so many people and I know what works. And I know what doesn't work. Yeah. So yeah, that would, that would be my answer. That's great. On that one. Yeah. And I, and I think also, you know, looking at on, on the flip side with, get remarkably organized is that that you know you are still selling copies of that book Mm. like it's not like um having you know turning it into a workshop or turning it into a program it's not like it's done people have gone oh well I don't need the book now it's like well actually I'll take the book as well thank you very much like it you know it's kind of um I think probably increased um, yeah, that's true. And you know, people well. feel, and you know, a lot of people have said this to me that they come back to get remarkably yes. organized quite a bit because mm-hmm. it appeals to them at different. I mean, people still yeah. come back to remarkability, which is so cool. Like, yeah. I don't really think of that. You know, there's books that I come back to time and time again as well. Yeah. Like, one of my favorite things is if I'm doing an event and like a book signing event and, and people they say, look, I don't want to buy the book. I'm like, that's fine. They're like, I've got my own copy already and it's destroyed. Yes. And yes. There's so many like, the, you know, little post-it things in yes. there and like it's, it's dog and, and they're so embarrassed. Like, I'm so yeah. sorry. It looks awful. Yeah. Like, this is exactly how I want my books to look. This yes. is perfect. Yeah. Love. So um, I was going to say something else as you were saying that though as well. And I think the other thing to, to not underestimate as well is the power of, of audio books. So yes. I hassled my publisher. So um, Get Remarkably Organized came out in January 2018. And it took us two years. Yes. No, 18, no, three, almost three years to actually record the audiobook. So that was recorded in November last year. And that has gone on to be epic. I mean, I didn't really promote it. Like I, I forgot to talk about it for the year. <laughs> which is not good. And because I just kind of, I did it and it's there because I don't, you know, it's not like a paper book where people tag you in, you know, it's kind of hard to tag people into an audio book, like a picture of it on Insta, for example. 
And then I had my largest royalty check ever in September. So it's just there ticking along. So I just, I would just say to any fledgling authors is don't try do the audiobook as well, because it Mm. really makes a big difference and people consume content in, in different ways. Yeah. That's good advice. Very good advice. So I like to get my guests to leave our listeners with something that they've watched or read or listened to that will boost their business or their life. Now, besides your book, (laughs) what's your recommendation? You always have some great recommendations. Oh, well, I'm doing 75 hard at the moment. Oh, God. As we're recording this, I'm like five (laughs) days from the end. Uh, I'm pretty proud of myself, like to to, to commit to 75 yep. days and I've done it. Uh-huh. So as part of 75 hard, uh, there's like, so there's like daily things you need to do. So yep. you need to exercise twice. You need to um, drink four liters of water. And what else is there? You stick to a diet or yep. um, like no cheat meals, no alcohol yep. and so on. So yep. when I say diet, like everyone just interprets that how they want to interpret it. Yep. And the, the other piece is then is to read 10 pages of nonfiction a day. So I read every night, so yep. that's fine. But I would kind of do maybe three not three fiction then one sort of saying three non-fiction one fiction like I'd break yeah. it up so yeah. I've been doing solid non-fiction for 70 for, for 70 days now yeah and a book that I've absolutely loved is The Big Leap oh my god by Gay Hendrix yes I've just finished listening to oh, that on Audible, oh, li- did he read yes. it himself Yes, yes. Oh, well, okay, cool. so how bad is this? I thought that it was a girl. So then oh, gay man's yeah. voice comes yeah. on and... Uh, You're like, is this the right book? Oh, my God. But so, such a great book. Sorry, speak. You speak. <laughs> so you what I really loved about it, right? <laughs> yeah. And you, you, you know what I'm talking about. But he talks about the whole idea of upper limit problems. So what happens is we do something really great. And an example for me, right? Perfect example. As I was reading the book, I have my audiobook recording for Step Into You. So both are going, like we've got the, the print book in the can. That went to print the same mm-hmm. week that I recorded the audiobook. So mm-hmm. like it's all done at the same all time, happening. which feels really, really yeah. good. Yeah. So we're recording the audiobook. I had an awesome day. It was like my first day away from Wilder. And it was just so nice just to go and just be in my own zone. I, I love recording my audiobooks. It's, it's just like meditative. It's, it's so mm-hmm. good. And I think for an introvert, just to be in a dark room on their own for a whole day. <laughs> With a microphone. <laughs> With a microphone. This is amazing. An introvert who loves the sound of her own voice. Perfect. (laughs) Match made in heaven. So I did the book. I was so excited. Absolutely loved it. Was like driving home high on life. And that night, myself and my husband waited a massive argument. And and what I realized, but it's it's what Gay Hendricks talks about, is that we reach an upper limit. Like we can know we we have this story or this this um almost like this watermark in our minds, this benchmark of I can only have this. I I think about like a pool, you know, where you see like the two meter or the one meter, like little markings on the, the wall of the pool, swimming pool. And he talks about the whole idea that we, we each have like an internal blueprint of how much happiness we can take. And, and once yeah. we reach that limit, we then start to hit up, upper limit problems. So I had felt like what happened on a subconscious level was that I had had enough happiness doing my audiobook. Then I had to create something to bring myself back down, if that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. And it makes so much sense. Like I yeah. see that so much in my life. Like I'm really happy. Like I'm having a beautiful moment with our two kids and playing and it's great. And then all of a sudden you go, oh my God, what if they get sick? You know, you create these upper limit problems. Mm -hmm. So I really, really loved that idea because he said, if we think about arguments as upper limit problems, it totally reframes. It's like, am I actually arguing because I've got a problem here or am I arguing because everything's been going so well that I feel like I need to to cap my happiness in some way? So I thought that was really, really powerful. Yeah. No, it's a great, it's great. And it's actually, um, I'm doing an episode on my 
books of the year and are uh, you nice one yeah that is that is one of them so oh, I should do uh, that I've yeah, read so many good books this year there's an idea that, that's what you. breastfeeding will do for you yes so are you reading them or, or do you listen do I, you I read so it's my thing yeah. in bed at yeah. night yeah yeah amazing oh Lorraine you have been such a wonderful we guest. just keep talking so I feel like I, I could do a whole day <laughs> we could we should we should just keep Lorraine's podcast so that we can talk to each other um <laughs> and it has been so nice to be the one asking the questions so for those of you know the people that are listening that want some more Lorraine in their life how can we stay connected to you and how can we so the book is available from it'll be we were saying January but it's late December we're just saying okay. early Jan just to make sure it's actually in, okay. in, the, book, in the bookshops all right um, but the audiobook yeah. goes out on the 20 I think the 26th of December the audiobook's actually going oh, out a couple perfect. of days earlier so yeah. there you go I'm thinking like in a long drive yes, Hachette is my publisher they've yeah. timed it so well it's yeah, really smart it timing is, it is like I said earlier brilliant timing yeah. long drives lying on a sun lounger you know just now that you you know hopefully if people are taking a break and having the time for themselves is this is just the perfect thing yeah. to be filling your ears with um so oh dear, sorry i should have asked you when is this this episode actually going live this is going to go so we're live on um what are we the th- it's about the 3rd of december oh so okay so it's still yeah, pre-order yeah, yeah. time so just it's on early, that then yes, pre-order if, if people yes, get in yes. there before the book's actually out in january yeah, yeah i've got pre-orders open on my website so if you pre-order the book i'm mm. signing the book I'm pulling an affirmation card for the person and then I've also created well I'm in the process of creating like this literally the next thing on my to-do list today is to design the step into action program which is a way to support you putting putting what you've read in the book into action so love it that's a nine it's, it's valued at 99 so that's a bonus to do pre-order as well through my website brilliant okay, and, and then so insta is is my social media of choice so at Lorraine where Lorraine is yeah so we'll and website's I'll, Lorraine Murphy.com to do but you yeah and I'm sure I'll put all the links in the show notes for people. Um, But, yes, it is a great book and written by a wonderful woman who I am very, very lucky to have in my life. So thank you so much, Lorraine, for everything. You are a great podcast host. I've really enjoyed this. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you. Thank you. I've loved having you here. And, um, yeah, everyone, just go out and buy Step Into You. Um, Put it on your Christmas list if it's Yes, nice. Yes, get Santa. (laughs) Tell Santa that's what you want. Um, Okay, thank you so much, lovely. It's been great chatting. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Thank you for being part of this week's episode. It was remarkable to have you. I am always keen to hear your thoughts, questions, ideas, and suggestions for future topics for the podcast. So please get in touch on Instagram. My handle is at Lorraine Remarks and through my website, lorrainemurphy.com.au. If you're enjoying what I'm putting out here, please do rate, review or subscribe to the podcast so more people can find out about it and we can build this special community. Or even better, do all three. Chat to you next week.